0: Welcome, it's indisputable. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. A Lot of show, breaking down news of the day. My contributor today, none other than Dr. Jonathan Jonathan Metzl. He's been here before. Always great to have him on the show. Gone violence expert director for the Department of Medicine, Health and Society. And professor of sociology and psychiatry at Vanderbilt University. And author of Dying of Whiteness, how the politics of racial resentment is killing America. All right, host of practically political Dave Spencer will be my debate guest. We're going to talk about critical race theory. Should be fascinating since CRT is not taught in K through 12 education. All right, top story of the day. According to the narrative, there's a judge. Who has been caught using the N word? Let me go directly to the video and give you background. Here it is. Watch. Mom goes,
1: why are the lights? When, when I pull on? up
0: in the whip, they be saying, it's God like, damn. Why
1: are your lights on? They're like, pull up, pull
0: up. And mom's yelling.
1: a <laughs>
0: Look, I talk, oh, that's no. me. No, that's, that's in the backside. <laughs> look, he trips over the. <laughs> he trips twice. Kenny was standing. I'm the one that took him down. Kenny's just standing there. He lied. wallet. Nothing brings joy to a bigoted family like collectively using the N word together. I mean, they were really happy. They were bonding. Okay. Um, a video has surfaced. This story is still developing, but we got a lot of details now. A video has surfaced capturing racist remarks dropped casually in a Lafayette City Court judge's home as her family gathered to watch home security footage of a foiled car burglary in their driveway. Let's put up a picture of the judge. Her name is Michelle Odinette. All right, that's Judge Michelle, right? In the clip, which Lafayette City Court Judge Michelle Odinette confirmed to be in her home. Witnesses jokingly toss around racial slurs, saying the n-word, while narrating home security footage of their efforts to stop a man from breaking into a car on their driveway. Now, let me make myself very clear. This story for me is not about the criminal activity. The criminal activity is wrong, and they had a right to defend their property. They had a right to defend their home and their car. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But reviewing the video, going back through that video and calling the suspect the N word is newsworthy here because she is a sitting judge. She's a sitting judge. If you think that way about black people, if you think they are the n-word and you compare them to cockroaches, I question your discernment. Now this would have been some average white bigoted family. I don't give a damn, I don't care. They have no power in the system that I'm trying to make fair. But this family does, this judge has power, has executive authority inside Of the judicial system, it makes it my business now. So let me get that out the way. It continues in a phone interview. The judge confirmed the armed burglary at her home very early Saturday morning, saying the incident was horrific and shook her to the core. Well, they they seem to be okay now. I mean, they were laughing about it and enjoying themselves. No faces are evident in the cell phone video. And it is unclear who is using the racist language. It's unknown who recorded the video. All right, come back to me. It was her. It was her. Now, I'm going to show you why I have concluded it was her. It gets deeper. There are multiple references to mom. Mom throughout the video and her role during the burglary in the process. They're literally describing what the judge is doing. The judge is the mom in the narrative and mom's yelling N word, N word, says one male voice, to which another female voice responds. We have an N word. It's an N word, like a roach. I got more. Lost his wallet, says one voice. That's my phone where it fell out, says another. Going to get the gun can be heard. The dude had a phone on him, chimes in a female voice. I should have taken his phone from him, that effing blank, all right? In the question sent by text message, more evidence that is her, by the way. In the question sent by text message, the current That's the publication. Also asked Odinette whether she thought she could sit fairly in judgment of black defendants. Here it is, who appear before her court and whether she was planning to apologize for use of this offensive and derogatory epithet. Her statement says, and I quote, here it is, my children and I, We're the victim of an armed burglar at our home. The police were called and the assailant was arrested. The incident shook me to my core and my mental state was fragile. I was a wreck and I am still unable to sleep. I remember, looked like they were having a good damn time watching that video. All of a sudden, she's emotionally distraught, unable to sleep. I was given a sedative at the time of the video. I have zero recollection of the video and the disturbing language during it. Anyone who knows me and my husband knows this is contrary to the way we live our lives. I mean, was everybody on the same sedative? Did the sedative make your whole damn family racist in that moment? What kind of sedative are you taking? Maybe there needs to be a recall of this sedative. I am deeply sorry and ask for your forgiveness and understanding as my family and I deal with the emotional aftermath of this armed burglary. That's fine, I get that, but we're going to deal with the aftermath of your racism on Indisputable, okay? Doc, you're an actual trained psychiatrist. Did she take a sedative that made her racist, her and her entire family? Does this type of drug exist?
1: Unless it's truth serum, no. I've prescribed a lot of a lot of sedatives in my day, and and I'll say that sedatives don't really make you anything except tired for the most part. That's why they're called sedatives. They don't make you racist. They don't make you go, you know, <laughs> rob a bank or drive the wrong way down the street or anything. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the market, right? And so part of the issue here is she's kind of hiding behind this notion of kind of saying I'm the victim. I'm the victim here. I'm not the aggressor. And in part, it's true. Her 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 home was you know there was a template burglary at her home and who knows in those moments what kind of language comes out you know i think at, at at people's most intense moments they can be very revealing moments people yell all kinds of curse words or say all kinds of horrible things so giving her the benefit of the doubt Maybe she felt vulnerable, and this horrible stuff came out. But it also did reveal something. This wasn't the sedative. This was something deep about her. Now, I totally agree with you that why this is important is because she's not just a judge. She's judge of a of a small claims court in Lafayette. And that's the kind of court that that people have everyday things come up, you know, traffic violations and small misdemeanors, all these kind of things. It's largely largely people of color who appear in front of her court. And so the issue is, if this reveals something about her, how does that bleed into her professional responsibility? Which I agree with you is, is particularly important in this kind of case, not just because she's a judge, but because, because of the kind of judge she is. That's right, that's well said. You know, Courtrooms like hers, they're considered the people's court.
0: You don't have significant litigation by lawyers. You have You have a lot of indigent individuals who are trying to get through the system without representation. And you're right, you have a large minority population that will engage small claims court and she will oversee those cases. So at the end of the story here, the question has to be posed. Are you able to judge fairly and be non-biased in your application of your discernment as a judge? At this point, many are calling for her resignation. She has made absolutely no mention of resigning. She simply came back with that tired ass excuse. Something else that's really heartbreaking, sickening. The reality of capitalism, ladies and gentlemen, it leads to death. Remember the tornado that went through Kentucky killing a lot of people, all right? Well, there's a factory It makes candles, according to the workers who did survive. The other workers said, we need to go, we need to leave, it's dangerous here. Management told them, if you leave, you will be fired. If you leave, there will be a negative consequence. So they stayed, and guess what, they're dead, they died. Because those candles just had to be made, those profits had to be made. And now they're dead, and they beg to leave. Let me highlight this story, Mayfield, Kentucky, as a catastrophic tornado approached the city. This was Friday, employees of a candle factory, which would later be destroyed, heard the warning sirens and wanted to leave the building. But at least five workers said supervisors warned employees that they would be fired if they left their shifts early. Some people still left believing they would be fired. Others, they stayed. There was one couple who worked there girlfriend, boyfriend. She survived. He's dead. Here's some of that.
1: Um, joining me now is Autumn Kirks, as we said, she was working the night shift at the candle factory with her boyfriend when the tornado hit it. She survived. He did not. Autumn, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry for what has happened to you and what's happening to your children. Um, just give us a little bit about Lannis. Tell us about who he was. He was just a loving person. He. He didn't really have a hatred for anybody, and I mean, he he loved his kids, he loved me, he loved his family. I mean, he'd do anything in the world for us as long as he was able, and it's just devastating now. I've talked to his kids, I've tried to explain it to mine. My three year old just keeps asking to talk to Joe and I don't know what to tell her.
0: He's dead because some damn candlestick manager told him he couldn't leave work and if he did, he would be fired. That story is a microcosm of the macrocosm of carnage, the tornado left, but also what these supervisors have done to families in that city. For hours, as word of the coming storm spread, as many as 15 workers beseeched, begged managers to let them take shelter at their own homes, only to have their requests rebuffed, the worker said. Fearing of their safety, some left during their shifts regardless of the repercussions. At least eight people died in the Mayfield Consumer Products Factory, which makes scented candles. The facility was leveled and all that is left is rubble. Photos and videos of his widespread mangled remains have become symbols of the enormous destructive power of Friday's tornado system. Um, they are denying this. The management has come out saying, "Oh no, we we have a safety protocol. We have emergency policies in place. We would never do such such a thing." Damn lie, damn lie. I believe the victims. I believe the people that left and got the hell up out of there. I believe the narrative of those who said we begged them to let us go, all right? Um, hopefully there's a massive wrongful death lawsuit against this company. They're already preparing for a defense, obviously, but there is no justice here. You cannot bring those bodies back. You cannot bring those parents back. You cannot bring those brothers and sisters back. They're gone, they're
1: dead. Um, Doc, horrific. I mean, it's, horribly ironic right that it takes a deadly tornado to highlight this issue of worker safety yep. think of all the nights there was no tornado where safety right. was certainly an issue and this is an issue i mean worker safety at this moment right we're in a pandemic worker safety is important because of the coronavirus because of all the other factors that are happening so it's just horrible that it takes This level of trauma, just to expose something that otherwise would never have made it to the news. I think that's that's really for me, in part, the take-home point. And then the second point about this is, of course, as you're saying, that kind of, the kind of top of the company was saying, well, we have a uh, something in place. And I I understand there were some complicated issues of this particular case, right? There was one tornado alarm, and then there was about a three-hour delay until the second uh, second alarm. So there was a kind of time lag where people could have left and should have left. And survived if they left. But the people who didn't leave, let them leave, as I understand it, were the supervisors, right? So the supervisors were the ones who were instituting a particular policy. And so really the question here is going to be what's the relationship between the supervisors and the top management? And I'm sure that's a case, a question really more broadly for 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 worker safety. You know, who were they taking their orders from? But again, just a horrible tragedy. I'm in, you know, based in Tennessee and I'm I just this storm was was horrific. And and you know, if, if some worker safety protections come out of it, it'll be a very small silver lining. Yep, very well said. Okay, we got an update. Remember the guy
0: who was handcuffed banking while black? Okay, remember that story? Well, the bank manager, something has happened to that bank manager. Let me give you the update. Let me remind you of Joe Morrow. Let's put up a picture of Joe Morrow. Completely innocent, went there to cash his check his check was appropriate. They decided to tell him, you people always have fake checks. That's what the bank manager told him. you people. Well, they finally called his job after calling the police. And his job said, yeah, this is a real check. He's one of ours, he works for us, all right? The head of US Bank is now apologizing For what is being called a classic example of banking while black. After customer was accused of fraud and put in handcuffs while trying to cash his check. As five investigates first reported this week, a US bank manager in Columbia Heights called police to report a possible fraudulent check and a suspect posing a threat. Joe Morrow's check was real. But police body camera video shows the manager didn't call to verify that fact until after Morrow was in handcuffs, they wanted him locked up. Joe Morrow, 23, had just finished a 12 hour shift at a grocery distributor in October when he he tried to cash a $900 check at a branch in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. The teller serving him called a manager over. They were all looking at me and just staring at me. And then at the check, and then staring at me again, and I'm already knowing what they're thinking. The check is fake. Morrow said in an interview with KTSP TV of Minneapolis about the incident of banking while black. The manager, he came over and said, Joe Morrow, your check is fake. And I said, what? Morrow recalled, he said, you people always coming in here with fake checks. Let's put up a picture of the manager. John Askwith. well, guess what? That fake check, which was a real check, John, just got you a real firing. He is gone, okay? They eventually called, the employer confirmed it. And naturally, it got significant attention. Uh, and so the update is uh, that branch manager is no more, uh, and we need to continue to expose things like this, social uh, discrimination, discrimination, just doing regular stuff. And because you're black, you are called you people. All right, Doc. What are your thoughts on this
1: one? Uh, well, I, I could not agree more. I mean, don't don't. Um, I mean, the, the the moniker "you people," right? That goes back yeah, since the beginning of, of the country, and 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 it it really is a very derogatory framing that implies, um, oh, you people are not. Um, you shouldn't be using the bank. You don't have a right to finance, to capital, to any kind of betterment in a certain kind of way. We you know Ross Perot, for example, uh, got in trouble for using that during the Republican primary uh-huh. many years ago and, and factors like that. And so in a way, it just speaks to the ongoing nature of implicit bias and why implicit bias is so important to continually assess and, and call out in a particular way. And, and it sounds like the right outcome happened here. But again, it's the same story. How many times has this happened where it didn't make it onto Facebook? It didn't make it on television, and it's just kind of the everyday microaggression of of stuff like this.
0: Yeah, um, one silver lining here. uh, The young man, uh, Mr. Joe Morrow, did receive a settlement from the bank. Uh, Naturally, there is now an institution of diversity training These things are moving in the right direction. At first, the bank denied any wrongdoing. Now, because shows like this would not let it go at that, they are changing their tune. Okay, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me remind people of a few things before reading these amazing comments. Um, Aspiration, aspiration. are you looking to offset your carbon footprint? Are you looking to be more sustainable, okay? Now, aspiration card holders can partake in the plant your change program, Double, double your impact by rounding up your change and planting an additional tree with every qualifying transaction. If you already have an Aspiration Spend and Save account, just log into your profile, go to manage and enable, plant your change. Even if you're not an Aspiration card holder, you can still plant your change. Sign up at aspiration.com forward slash TYT, very dope idea. Also another dope idea, a present, a gift, all right? TYT gift shop. We know the holiday dinners can feel like their own session of the bullpen. So we're here to make it easier. The holiday season, learn how to ace those dinners and be indisputable while gifting a TYT membership, all right? It's really the gift that keeps on giving. Check it out at tyt.com forward slash gift, tyt.com forward slash (coughs) gift. All right, comments, here we go. TYT member. Mickey see the Silver Hat Dragon. We have proof daily that most cops, judges, DAs, and MEs are all in the same club, and their uniform is a white robe with a pointy hood. Yeah. I am Sock says, just check the small print on my generic Ibuprofen, and it says, it may cause racism, so a story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado Blue Blazer, regular, says, because I'm proud to be an American. At least I know my life is worth less than a uh, worth is worthless worth less than a candle. Yeah. It's a damn shame, isn't it? All right, super chat. Law school stud says, Dr. Menzel is back. What's better <laughs> than one doctor, two doctors? Happy holidays, guys. Have holidays back to you. For says, this is the most disgusting thing I've heard. That's some serious ish. She needs to be removed. She's not able to work without compromise judgment. That's right. And she has always work with compromise judgment. Okay, she thinks black people are the N word and should be compared to cockroaches. If you believe that about a group of people, a whole group of people, do you really think your bias is not present every time they're in front of you? Okay, Doc, uh, Bernard the Kiwi dragon says, Doc, forgive me, but kind of a backward ass country do you live in that a severe weather warning is not enough to make companies and workers go home. Someone needs to go to jail for this. It does seem to be criminal negligence, doesn't it? Okay? S- Samalyn, Sama the kind of dragon. This is, a, this is a real pressure that happens. I've said this before, but again, it's how I broke my back. I knew I should have stayed home during a blizzard, but my work decided that even though I was the farthest away, I had to be in. So I tried to get there, and that didn't work out well. So So sorry that happened to you. But you're right. It's it's not a silo. It happens. It's really inside of the culture of work of America and work. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna
1: call the police on them for having a barbecue on a You're Sunday? You're still friends. Back off! I said, tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
0: It's called a bulletproof glass because stuff like that won't work. Okay, this guy wants a cigarette. He wants to purchase a cigarette. I got more video. Obviously, he has been told to leave. He's not leaving. Here's what happens next. You sell me cigarettes or
1: gas? Because you have attitude. Oh, I have an attitude, you're a public servant, you sell
0: me.
1: It don't matter, if I have a attitude, this ain't your house. You don't own the items in here, so sell me a pack of cigarettes. No. You ain't leaving then. Don't. But- okay, then you're
0: to deal with me all Let's analyze this male Karen in the wild, the Karenicity runs deep. First of all, male Karen, she is not a public servant. First of all, secondly, she does have the right to refuse service when there's rude behavior. When you're acting the way you're acting, anyone who manages a store can say no, we do refuse you service. And you can't tell me that there's not another damn convenience store down the street somewhere. You just, I don't care where you are in the United States of America. There's another 7-Eleven not too far away. So he decided to continue in this activity, and here's what happened. good luck getting a cigarette at the 7-Eleven they're going to take you to. Okay, now something else that was interesting to me. And if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. He resisted arrest. He tried to flee custody. Did the officers beat him up? Did they tase him? Did they even pull out their guns? Hell, did they even use profanity? Nope. They kept it 100% professional, which tells me it's possible. Doc,
1: what are your thoughts here? Well, as a professional, I'd say that a combination of nicotine withdrawal and being a moron are a bad combination, and that's kind of that's kind of what we saw there. Um, you know, it did make me think a couple of things. First of all, it's sad we live in a country where we even need those kind of plexiglass barriers between yeah. people who sell stuff. I mean, you think of all the places where people don't have that—cashiers at supermarkets and uh, you know every other kind of transaction. So, first of all, thank God she had that barrier right there. But think of all the other people who are—it's just almost like open season on 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 people who sell stuff right now and things like that. And so part of the story was just the story of that barrier, which on one hand kind of saved this woman from this, right. this crazy dude. And on the other hand thinking about like why do we have those, right? Because people who work in service jobs like that, not public servants, people who are actually working to make a living to support their families are at risk of all the kind of anger, particularly this particular form of, of white aggression that we saw in that video. Um, and that stuff's just gotten more intense. Um, and so that's part of it. And the other thing is like, Dude, where are you going to run to <laughs> with those handcuffs on? <laughs> uh, you know, how far are you going to get with that too? So yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy situation.
0: Doc, I didn't understand that. Literally, he waited until he was handcuffed to make a break for it. This guy obviously isn't accustomed to this because if you're going to make a break for it, you do it before the handcuffs are on. If he got away, what in the hell was he going to do if he got free? All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose.
1: You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a I Sunday. I feel great, back off. I'm going to tell him there's an African-American man threatening my life.
0: Homie thought if he yelled at me, you I would leave. leave. This is not you are, your spot. You don't talk to me. You need to go back in line. You don't talk to me. You need to go you back in me. line. You understand? Get in line! I'm recording you. That's all
1: right! Stop Record talking to me. me. I have not done anything. Okay, stop talking Get to me. in line! Stop talking to me. Get in line! Stop talking to me. Like everybody else. Get in line! Okay, what is your problem? Go! Get in line! Go in line. Go wherever you want. Get I don't care. in line! I don't care. Get in line! Dude, I have my four kids in the car. Get so in I need line! To be quiet and leave me alone. Get in line! I'm gonna be calling Like everybody else! I'm calling.
0: Okay. So this particular male Karen thought that the woman broke the line. She actually did not. We got some background to this. Denise Blanco is her name. And the woman in the video explains what led up to the encounter. In a later video, Denise explains that she pulled up to a gas station at a Sam's Club and went to one of the shorter lines. Two cars ahead of her finished getting gas and pulled away. So she pulled up to the farthest one so that someone else could pull into the pump behind her. That's when she says the man who had already gotten his gas, approached her to yell and claim that she had cut the line. So she started filming. Afterwards, Denise says the man tried to complain to the manager but it amounted to nothing. So instead, he sat in his car and watched her fill her tank, refusing to leave the parking lot until she had finished and left herself. Wow. So, Doc, what is this? I mean, this need to insert itself. He was wrong about the facts of what happened. And then. He just goes into what looks to be damn near a breakdown. I, I, it was weird and ironic, but you know, think about it. It's a woman in a car with the kids. This can be
1: really intimidating and scary. I mean, both these clips are great advertisements for electric vehicles because <laughs> gas stations looking looking pretty scary right now. <laughs> Uh, so that's part of it. But I would also say that, you know, this idea, I mean, two things to stand on me. First, it looked like he was wearing some kind of don't tread on me t shirt or something. So it looked like if there's any representation of his ideology, it was a kind of very political ideology right now. So it doesn't seem to be completely decontextualized. And the other thing, of course, is that. The GOP is trying to politicize gas stations right now. There are all these videos, like um, Herschel Walker's son pointing out the gas uh, thing and saying, "You know, Biden is raising our gas," and all these kind of mm-hmm. things. And so, in in our polarized society. Um, even getting gas is a is a polarized activity now there are a lot of reasons why gas is is rising biden actually released the national reserves to um lower the gas prices so um you know we can go take a video of that or something like that but it's just it's just weird that in this moment of polarization our mail is polarized our media is polarized and now all this crazy stuff's happening happening at gas stations
0: yep well said we got more on the other side it's indisputable stick and stay All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. T Y T member Dragon, who says nigh. Damn, (laughs) Jesse Pinkman is pissed off. (laughs) My man, all right. Imploded Brainy says public servant and this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I quit retail. Many, many moons ago. Jambo Gino, nicotine to is teaching kids to stay away from cigarettes. <laughs> that that <laughs> actually would be a great anti-smoking ad. This is what your brain looks like on cigarettes. <laughs> okay, uh, Chaplain Fred, what in the world is going on, Dr. Richie? Behavior issues are just so out of control. Um, by the way, I got my I Wish You Karen Wood shirt. I love it. Congrats to you. Now you got to get your anti Karen shirts. All right? Okay. Viningale, don't tread on me shirt, telling others to do things. <laughs> all right. This next story, I don't know what to tell you. Okay? So obviously, there are people so in love with Donald Trump, they have a bromance going on, and they are making. I basically love songs to Donald Trump. The latest song, Worshipping Donald Trump is by Billy Falcon. This is what he wants for Christmas. Here it is. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie.
1: Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads.
0: I, never had, I hate math, somebody say amen. There's more. We are officially in the Twilight Zone. The man said, the man said, I don't care if you paint the White House black. Pun intended, right? Cold language there. All I want is my president back. That's what he said. Billy Falcon. Professor.
1: (laughs) Expect more of this, right? I mean, you know, this is going to go down in the canon of great songs about freedom, along with <laughs> Peter Tosh, Bob Marley, Steel Pulse. Everybody who's got a song about freedom, this is going to this is going to go in that particular canon. Only this is really bad, and this is a guys from Nashville. Like, there's so many great music, so with great music coming from Nashville, but but again, it, it just shows the level. I mean, it's, what? Don't put Trump dancing in your video, and, and you know, even if you love Trump, that's <laughs> like a that. So, Doc, yeah, I not the candy yeah, canes the can- raining the can- <laughs> from the sky, man. <laughs> like, come I, on. Man. I mean, I, who doesn't want some candy canes raining from the sky? So, hopefully, this becomes the song of Trump 2024. That video, um, I think it's got a great potential to rally people around a cause, and I and I support it completely. <laughs> uh, somebody wrote
0: that damn song. I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if Billy Falcon did it or not. Somebody wrote the song, and then somebody actually produced the video. Somebody said, you know, this part we want to have raining candy canes. We we want this to come out the sky. Then on this part we want to have Donald Trump dancing across the video. Somebody literally thought about this, and that's what's baffling to me. Horrific story: Chicago police officer. A Chicago cop has been charged with murdering his girlfriend. A Chicago police officer been on the job for a few years. Let's put up his picture, okay? Off-duty Chicago cop charged in the death of his girlfriend and mother of his baby daughter after she confronted him over claims he had a child with another woman. His name is Pierre Tyler. 29 years of age. He faces one count of first degree murder. Let's put up a picture of his victim, okay? The victim and mother of two, Andres wolford, 29 years of age herself. She was fatally shot in the head, okay? Now i highlight this story Because according to the latest survey on police activity outside of their jobs, which this is one of them, the profession of policing have the highest known violence in relationships, the highest out of any other profession known to man. Higher than dope dealers, okay? Let that sink in. All right, let me give you some background. According to the police, Ms. Wolford learned that Tyler had a pending child support hearing and told relatives she believed Tyler had secretly married the mother of the other child, Fox reported. On December 8, Tyler was caught in security footage walking in in the front door of her apartment unit, police said. Wolfert reportedly made calls to family members between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., asking them to pick up her nine-month-old baby, Ava, from daycare before neighbors heard her and Tyler argue around 7 p.m., according to the police report. Prosecutors said one neighbor reported a loud bang approximately between 8.30 p.m. and 9 p.m. No more arguing was heard after that. Tyler was then caught again. In surveillance video, leaving the back door of the apartment minutes after 9 p.m., he allegedly carried a gun inside a holster behind his back and a distinct keychain. Wolford was seen using before her keys and cell phone were missing, according to the police. Okay, the message from her phone indicated she would soon be at her father's place place to pick up her baby, but she never arrived. Her parents alerted police who found her inside the front door of the apartment with a gunshot wound to the head. She was still wearing her coat when she was found by police, and there weren't signs of forced entry in the apartment, according to the police. They ruled her death a homicide on Friday. Now, Doc, I'm glad I have you on the show today because I would like to specifically highlight a reality. Why is it that the policing profession, according to recent study, shows that individuals who are cops have the highest the highest amount of domestic violence with family members and others that live inside of their household. And there's another report that suggests even with them having the highest, 90 plus percent go unreported because of who they are. So the number is probably a hundred times higher than what's on the record. Doc, explain this to me.
1: Well, there's a lot going on in this just terrible tragedy. I mean, one of course is as you're suggesting, just the, the high stress nature of, of policing right now and, and what it means to be someone who uh, is called on to uh, have be very violent very often in your in your job and then having a hard time turning that off when you get home. So certainly there's an issue here, but I wanna say that there's, I don't know the data all that well, but I would say that there's probably a subset here which is another high risk group are people with histories of domestic violence. So it's certainly police, but it's not all police. But I would bet that police with histories of domestic complaints, just like anybody with history of domestic complaint should be particularly watched. And the reason I say that is because you know, we talk about gun control as if it's some pie in the sky thing. But states that have tried to enact gun control across the board have said this important fact, a past history of violence, particularly domestic violence is more Indicative of that somebody's going to commit violence again in the future. And so I particularly think that people with histories of domestic complaints, we really should think twice across the board, police or not, whether we want to have those people carrying guns into their homes. And I say that because this is the particular kind of legislation that's been blocked by the NRA, by pro gun politicians. And as we've seen, particularly during the pandemic, rates of domestic abuse and domestic violence and domestic fights have skyrocketed as we've just basically let the free flow of guns, police and everybody else, go into homes where there are you know, predatory partners. Yeah, now I want to remind everyone
0: uh, that when we see an officer, a cop acting this way in their personal life, don't think that somehow they turn on the morality button in their professional life. If they're willing to do this in their personal life, Think about what more they're willing to do when they are inside of a culture that will typically protect criminality and the violation of others, all right? That's why we highlight them here. We'll continue to follow that story. Okay, unrelated story, hell of a story though. So there's an anti-LGBTQ group that's pro Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course. They have now made a video where they are saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene is basically Wonder Woman. Here's part of that video. All right, in their warped mind, Wonder Woman is Marjorie Taylor Greene beating up individuals who identify with Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ community, etc. Here's more. <laughs> You know, at first, my team and I thought this was a parody. It looks to be legit. This group is serious. It is a real anti-LGBTQ group. And here's the irony: obviously, their IQ is the same as Marjorie Taylor Greene, because what they fail to realize—put up the picture. Wonder Woman is actually bisexual. Okay? <laughs> yeah. We got the graphic. There it is. The character is bisexual and an icon in the LGBTQ community because of what it represents to others, the symbol of it. That's what they decided to use. Doc, the irony
1: is staggering. I mean, it's a cry for help, really. Straight people need help. They can't sing, they can't dance, <laughs> uh, and, and they can't produce a video. And so, really, it's 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 like we need to help. We need to help them. I mean, the irony here, of course, is they're dressing up as the thing they claim to be against, right? Yeah. So, a lot of them were wearing gay pride flags. Um, and then there's this white guy dressing up in a black lives matter boxing gloves or something like that and so in a way the, the kind of fantasy of <laughs> i mean we call this projection in my in my side of the aisle here you know kind of <laughs> right kind, kind of you know I, I, identifying this false threat which really is something you're projecting about yourself out into the world mm-hmm. and then defeating that part of yourself i mean this is psychoanalysis really 101 which is you identify this thing that is a deep part of yourself And then you attack it to show that you're defeating the part of yourself you don't like. And so again, this was to me as a psychiatrist, a pretty telling video. And also man, these people cannot sing. So (laughs) they they need some some voice training also. Dr. Metzl, are you saying that they are
0: probably uh, members of the LGBTQ community and they don't know it?
1: No, they're definitely not. I mean, you could tell just by the way they were dancing and moving. <laughs> but I will say that if you if you're going to be so anti-gay that you're going to dress up like a a you know a bisexual icon and dressing up as gay pride thing you know flags and things like that, that in a way it just you know I'll, I'll they can contact me through Twitter or anything like that. I'm really really happy, you're, happy to you're help. But this to is help. this is it's Freud one hundred and one basically.
0: All right, and and let me say this for the record. Uh, The hate has to stop. Those are our brothers and sisters. And regardless of how they identify they're human beings, if they're fluid, uh, non-binary, it doesn't matter. These are human beings. And we have gotten so caught up in this gender classification that we have left the common sense of decency to human or humanity. Uh, We have left that somewhere down the road. Uh, This uh, deserves to be highlighted because we have to push back on the hatred it represents. All right. Doc, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. If you would tell people how they can follow you.
1: I'm just a dying of or just follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter 25 seven anytime. So thanks so much. Really always an honor to be here. Let me remind everyone
0: about aspiration. Are you looking to offset your carbon footprint and be a more sustainable adult? Now, Aspiration card holders can partake and plant your change program, all right? Double your impact by rounding up your change and planting an additional tree with every qualifying transaction. Real simple, you can always go to aspiration.com forward slash TYT. If you do not have your Aspiration Spend and Save account. Also, make sure you check out the TYT shop tyt.com forward slash gift tyt.com forward slash gift. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.